Hi, everyone. Before we start this podcast, I just wanted to preface this episode by letting you know that we will not be talking about COVID-19 today as a disease. Instead, we wanted to devote our full discussion to the transformative impact of immersive and emerging technology, which began well before the pandemic and will continue well after it abates. We have a full episode on how the Cleveland Clinic and hospitals around the world have responded to COVID-19, and I encourage you to check that one out. But for now, thanks and hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to Caring for Tomorrow, a podcast series from the Washington Post, Brand Studio, and Cleveland Clinic that explores the changes, challenges, shifts, and solutions that are defining the future of healthcare. We will examine some of the issues facing the system, as well as the advances that are transforming it for the better. Along the way, you will hear how leaders in healthcare, like Cleveland Clinic, are using innovation to improve patient care for people everywhere. Hi, this is Joan London. I am a journalist and author and health and wellness advocate, so I am so happy to be here today as your host and moderator. In today's episode, we are discussing immersive and emerging technology. Medical training schools are increasingly using immersive technology like virtual and augmented reality to educate physicians. This technology allows medical personnel to hone their craft, even practice complex medical procedures using just a headset. At Cleveland Clinic's Health Education Campus, for example, students can connect with peers around the world in a virtual anatomy lab that allows them to visualize and explore the human body without ever touching a cadaver. We'll highlight how these types of new technologies will enrich and expand medical training. And my guests for today's episode are Corey Heisenrader, President and CEO of Zygote Medical Education, and Dr. James B. Young, Chief Academic Officer at Cleveland Clinic. We welcome both of you to the show. This is such an exciting new change to the field of medicine. Corey, let me just start with you because a lot of people are still probably wondering, what are they talking about? What is immersive technology? Sure, yeah. So immersive technology leverages a capability of real-time 3D, being able to simulate reality. Put in a headset, cover your eyes to immerse you in an experience that can be created or simulated. It's more than just the virtual reality headsets. You have simulators. Tell us about some of the other things that these new young medical students are using. Augmented reality, that's exactly right. And this idea, as simple as I could put it, putting on glasses, right? Or being having this quick ability to get access to information, right? To, to my eyes. And so that is, that's coming very quickly. How is that being used, Dr. Young? How are hospitals using these immersive technologies like VR, like virtual reality, to train staff? The whole healthcare world is evolving, fortunately, and we're changing the way that we deliver healthcare, and it's starting to move extremely rapidly. The way that these systems are being used a lot are, one, education, so in, in medical schools, nursing schools, schools of pharmacy and whatnot, using immersive technology, virtual reality, augmented reality to teach in ways that we used to use things like corpses to teach anatomy is one very, very prominent example. 
we're adapting to to the world in many senses and it's the world of information technology the IT world the digital transformation world that we're moving into and there are many dimensions to it in healthcare data acquisition the electronic medical record the automated management of patients with bots for example and many different aspects of that digital transformation but if you look at simulation that's one aspect of the transformation this immersion technology this virtual reality technology is in that immersive zone and so you can create simulated environments using all of these tools to better train the nurses in school the doctors to be that are in school the dentists that are in school the dental simulators are incredible you can use immersive technology vr for your dentist to learn new procedures and whatnot but if you look at the you know 100 or so head and neck mannequins that are lined up in the simulation center over there these mannequins are so sophisticated that they can teach dental students exactly how to drill a cavity out or do a root canal and so teaching this way before the medical student the nurse the dental student ever starts poking around on you or another patient that's that's the evolutionary way to go and that's what's happening because you head up the health education campus here and you are using virtual reality to teach an anatomy class and yes. and with these headsets and they are learning procedures right operating Correct. procedures on a body but the body's not there Correct. It's there in the mind. It's there visually. And it gives us the opportunity to do several things. One, represent anatomic configurations in a real world environment. Now, that seems strange when I use the term real world environment. The reason it's strange is traditionally, you know, for 500 years, anatomy education has been done the same way on cadavers. Most medical schools are still using formaldehyde embalmed corpses. And the problem there is that the organs don't look real. The colors of the organs are different. It's hard to identify some of them. The bodies that are being used uh, and, and, you know, great faith from the individuals that donate their body. That's a great thing. They're older, they're diseased, they're just not what you see mostly. Yeah, you have collapsed vessels and things like this, right? Like, as I mentioned, a hose without water, right? Almost this idea of collapsed versus... When a physician or a caregiver is attending to a patient, that's not what they experienced in a cadaver lab, right? It's, it's different. So we, we explain that the content that Cleveland Clinic is using now for medical students is providing a real living experience. Cadaver doesn't really necessarily exist as it did before, right? We're not looking at a patient lying down at a table. We can look at patients however we want, right? Yeah, and you can, you can orientate yourself using the technology of virtual anatomy to see anatomic parts in a different way. So I'm a cardiologist, so I focus a lot on hearts. The backside of a heart, it's kind of hard to see when you're in a dissection laboratory, but using virtual anatomy, you can actually get an understanding of the relationship, the anatomic relationships with virtual anatomy, and you can actually climb inside the heart if you want to, and look at what the valves look like. It, it gives you a different understanding. We teach anatomy in what we call a case-based learning program, meaning, so we have a patient, we create a scenario, we can even do it in the simulation lab and give the mannequin a heart attack, 
and then bring them in to do the anatomy part of the education and then move them through patient management. And that's how we're closing the gap on understanding so that when I do get in front of a cadaver and I am ready to practice a procedure in real time, which is still absolutely necessary, I've experienced something a hundred times, right? I've, I've learned that a, a stroke or, or a heart attack is associated with all of these different supplementary anatomical components of the body. But you could actually have people in other locations, not even here in your classroom, with their virtual headsets on. Yeah, we could do anatomy education in London, for example. Clean Clinic's building a big operation over in London. We have one in Abu Dhabi. And so continuing medical education is extremely important in these sites. We can set up courses that will use our technology and we can teach people from here anatomic issues. And as part of continuing education, for example, as new surgical techniques are developed, we can utilize this technology to teach other surgeons how to do a particular procedure. Right. Like everyone has a phone, you know, access to a tablet or a desktop machine. So it's not that we're just delivering this experience to virtual reality, but we deliver the same experience in immersive 3D, right? This real-time 3D experience to all devices because we already have them, right? Virtual reality came about and we're still, we're learning, right? It's, but it's so disruptive. It's so great. We're learning and we're applying it to the most practical use cases that we can right now and growing on that opportunity. And, and Dr. Young, how are these medical students, I mean, how are they embracing all these new training, this new tech? Do they feel like it's easier to learn? Well, today, with all of the electronic delivery of curriculums, augmented reality, immersive reality, just all these other tools that they're coming in already having familiarity with, they're actually kind of demanding this kind of education with immersive education, and the students love it. And so it's much better accepted. And I think as we move forward down the roads, it's going to be unanimously the choice of what the student wants to learn. And the studies have shown that students seem to learn deeper. They seem to retain it better. And it goes much faster. So with all this technology, though, the obvious question is, with less maybe patient interaction while we're using all those great tech tools, where does the human interaction come in? Yeah, no, this, that's a great question. But uh, you don't learn empathy from a dead body. You may learn things about life and death, and if taught in the right manner, it may help teach caring and empathy and whatnot. But you learn that in the actual exposure to communication with people, their fellow students, their instructors, their professors, and then the patients that they'll be seeing. So realizing that, nah, we can't really teach that, you know, in a traditional anatomy laboratory with bodies and cadavers. Where we teach that is when we have the students with us in our clinics, with us actually seeing patients with us, or observing how we see patients or communicate with the patients. Well, at an institution like this, where you're kind of at the top of the heap, so to say, you are utilizing all of this now, which is I think mind-blowing to a lot of people. How fast is this going to take off in other teaching institutions, do you think? I, I, in one of my lectures that I give, I talk a lot about change. But one of the hardest things to do is to change the present order of things for a lot of different reasons. I, I get it. I understand it. But 
There's a great quote I use sometimes that says, for everything to stay the same, everything must change. And it comes back to that evolution of life and technology. And that's what we're in. We're in an evolutionary change. And it's moving very, very fast. We have a growing demand, a growing number of patients who need the attention of caregivers, right? So how are we going to address this demand? We have to take advantage. We have to evolve, just like Dr. Young said. It's fantastic. I love it. We have to take advantage of technology to allow us to continue to address these exponential demands, right? It's growing very fast. So we have to take advantage of the technology to be able to address the needs of so many people. Corey, how has this kind of training with all the emerging technology, how does it lead to improvement in patient outcomes? So the technology gives greater capability to the physician to learn more, right? It accelerates understanding. It gives physicians more of that immersive experience to understand the body, to understand outcomes uh, so that caregivers can spend more time with patients and, and do a better job at explaining to the patient these outcomes or even providing these same tools to the patient to understand. And the technology gives a completely new way to look at patients, right? Whereas before we were looking at all due respect, deceased bodies, right? Cadavers. Now we can look at a body from a living perspective. We can look at a body standing upright. We can look at a body in different positions that are more familiar to us as we evaluate patients uh, as caregivers. And it increases the potential for greater empathy utilizing this immersive technology. So there's, there's a lot of ways that you can, you can get to the end point. And the end point is compassionate, empathetic, competent, knowledgeable, skilled healthcare provider. We're not tasked to completely replace reality, right? But to accelerate or close that gap so that I can better understand my patients and uh, you know, with that time and have knowledge, right, to better explain or to better address the patient needs, right? At the end of the day, the patient is the one, is, is the individual who's getting the most value of everything that we are investing in, right, from our side. As, as you look to the future, because that's what we always like to do, and most of the things that you two are talking about, all the rest of us thought it was in the future. And it's exciting to hear how much it is actually being used today. But what you, you're a big thinker. You're a futurist, if you will. What do you see five, 10 years from now? What kind of other technologies might be emerging? More advanced wearables, no doubt. But for me and for the rest of us, I, our eyes are, are set on the value of, of augmented reality. And uh, so we built the software in such a way that as that capability becomes more uh, viable, that we can implement with that very fast, right? And, and deliver that on augmented reality very quickly. I like augmented intelligence better, and you apply it to the data that you have. Then you can use that information to learn about certain disease patterns and treatment patterns. Then what you can do is you can use to teach people about things, let's say a new operation or a new procedure. Then you can take information that is learned from the data and plug it into an immersive technology then to teach different people who might be involved with delivering that care. Great example that we have here is, you know, we've done a face transplant fairly recently that utilized this augmented reality kind of technology to plan how the surgery was going to be done. And so these are examples of, of where medicine is going. But it's actually more than the future. It's here. It's right now. 
So we always end all of our episodes with what we call, if you remember one thing, where we ask you for our listeners right now, what's the one thing that you would want them to remember from today's episode? That you're never going to make it if you don't evolve. And if you evolve, you will be able to grasp all this new technology that is available to us to learn. I think that's great. I'll just add to that. As soon as you put your stake in the ground, that's the beginning of the end. Yeah. That's where, that's where it ends. And we can't allow for that. We've got to be open to continuing to learn and understand and continuing to ask questions. you got to keep going. Otherwise, it's the beginning of the end. It's been fascinating, really fascinating to find out what is being used, this kind of technology, right now, today, in training new personnel and uh, in protecting patients and giving them uh, better outcomes. Thank you both so much. And thank you all for listening. Be sure to uh, join us next time for our episode, Globalized Medical Care. And if you like Caring for Tomorrow, please rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.